3: T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Terms and conditions apply.
1: What up, everybody? Another week, another great episode of the Corner Podcast. You know Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hill, in the building. It has been a busy, busy week for us. It seems like every day there's a new piece of breaking news to drop in the combat sports world. So we got to talk boxing. We got to talk WWE. We have to talk MMA. But before we get to all that... You know we always got to start off with what's going on in the Twitterverse and on pop culture. So, first thing I want to talk about is a fight. Oddly enough, it's not in a ring or an octagon. It's on the basketball court. Dre, I know you saw Chris Paul and Ray John Rondo go at it.
3: Yeah, I mean... Of course. It was It was, it was like a little, the, the little baby Royal Rumble with two guys. They're not really small guys. They just look mad small on TV. It
1: looks like flyweights in the UFC.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then we got uh, Brandon Ingram with the Mr. Fantastic punch. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, we had a little melee and now guys are suspended. I'm surprised the guys didn't get a little bit longer. But, hey, you know, I mean, the NBA is looking at teams scoring like 75 points at halftime. So they're trying to keep everybody on the court. So I'm, I'm not bad at the decision not suspend everybody. And the NBA season has been relatively entertaining so far.
1: Yeah, you have teams like, you know, the Nuggets doing well, out of the blue, the Jazz doing good. Uh, the West is stacked. Like, there's not a bad team in the West. Uh, maybe the Phoenix Suns. I saw them get washed by the Lakers yesterday. Outside of them, not a bad team going. You know, they, the East has been competitive. Kawhi is on a tear right now.
3: I mean, there are this, – this has been an impressive – thus far, it's been an impressive NBA season. I know it's only one weekend, but uh, Steph Curry annihilating the Wizards last night. That um, <laughs> was disrespectful. I mean, they, they, listen, you know I, know, I know we're a combat sports podcast, but we really have to start talking about where Steph Curry ranks as one of the greatest players of all time. It's, it's, it's getting to that point. He's easily he's, the
1: greatest shooter of all time.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, people talk about Reggie Miller. No, no. nobody has range like Steph Curry and consistent range. We're not talking about, you know, Gilbert Arenas had range. Like, a lot of people forget Agent Zero had range. But Agent Zero, from time to time, could be inconsistent. Steph Curry is shooting 52% from three-point again. Like, (laughs) like a guy that shoots at around 50% from behind the arc and can knock it down from 30 feet, I know people want to say, well, he doesn't play great defense. Look, there's a lot of guys, like James Harden, who plays zero defense. Steph Curry is he, he needs to be in that conversation as one of the greatest of all time. Not Maybe not the greatest, but he may be that guy that you want to have the ball uh, with the last shot. You know, aside from Jordan and Kobe, who else can, can knock it down with consistency like Steph Curry can? I know we talk about Durant. He's got more ways to beat you, but I don't know, man. Steph, And if, if you put Steph on the line, he's knocking him down, too. So it gets really interesting.
1: Sad part is Steph won't win MVP this year no matter what stats he puts up. No, it does I mean, the
3: race is legitimately Giannis. It's Giannis, LeBron, um, Anthony uh, Davis. And, and Kawhi. Yeah, and Kawhi would probably be the dark horse in that race. I figure Anthony Davis is going to put up monster numbers. If LeBron I think the Raptors might finish first in the East again. I mean, they can. All they did was interchange Kawhi for DeMar, and that's not, that's not that big of a difference. Oh, that's so, a huge difference. That's well, a huge upgrade. I'm saying they were first in the East last season. So that's the, I mean oh, yeah, they, yeah, I mean yeah it's not a big shock if they were first again. But if LeBron is able to carry that the, the Lakers to a four seed and put up close to triple-double numbers, that's possible. If Anthony Davis, the way that the Pelicans are playing, ends up, you know, averaging between like 27-28 with like 12 boards and like two blocks, that's an argument that can be made. Like it's and, and Giannis is just Giannis. The guy is a savage. Um, it's, it's, just not Embiid's time yet. You know, him and Ben Simmons, I mean, the Sixers, they're going to be a great team. They, they need like one more piece. I was to say they're
1: one piece away and folks, isn't that one piece yet?
3: Not yet, man. He needs some time on the, he needs a little bit of seasoning. He's clearly rusty trying to get a shot back. Um, but you, if you, when you look at the Sixers watching them play against the Bucks last night, yeah, they got beat up. Um, cause Chris Middleton is one of the most underrated players in the NBA, but the fact remains is that like, Embiid is damn near unstoppable in the paint. Like that guy is a beast. And Simmons is going to get you a triple double tonight. That guy is going to average triple doubles. It's like it's going to be mandatory. Let that man get a jumper
1: from outside of 10 feet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Trouble.
1: No. Oh man, such a good basketball team. But that was the way to kick it off, right? With the brawl, with the Phantom Spit. Did you see spit? Yes or no? Yeah, I saw Spit, but do I I don't know. I didn't see Spit. Th- Yeah, Carmelo might
3: have spit on him. I mean, there's a lot of investigative Twitter (laughs) journalism going on here about who spit on who. I know Chris just felt like he was spit on, and then he put his finger in Rondo's eye, and then all hell broke loose. Like, look, there's a lot of people who just don't like Chris Paul, And I get it. Like, Chris Paul, he's a pit bull, man. The man, he's competitive as hell. He
1: hits people in the nuts. He's he's kind of dirty.
3: He's a little filthy, man. Skip Bayless called him the filthiest player in the NBA. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but the fact the fact is that he gets under a lot of people's skin. And Rondo being a little bit older and really not about that life, he coming from those Pistons, the second era of Bad Boy Pistons. You know, I mean, you you look at that squad, and you and you say, okay, well, th- somebody's gonna have to fight. Like it's it's gonna happen. And it, it is what it is, and these guys are throwing. It. And the young guys, I mean, you know, Lavar Ball. I mean, Lamar, you know, he's not he's not out here to fight. So,
1: yeah, nah, you no, know, nah. Lonzo ain't he wants. Lonzo smoke. ain't out here to fight. None of that smoke. But listen, Ingram with the sucker punch wanted all of it. Seems like he wanted to knock out Harden earlier in the game.
3: Well, yeah, listen, it, it was Ingram and Harden that really started it. And, you know, and Ingram saw an opening. It was like, all right, I got a window to punch through, so I'm going to punch through it. <laughs>
1: have you, and story time with old man Andres, have you ever just randomly had to jump in for one of your friends? Yeah. Like in a fight?
3: Yeah. And I haven't been in a fight long but, like, I used to fight. Like, I know, I didn't fight a lot in high school. Hardly ever at all. But, like, middle school, fought all the time. So, <laughs> I, if, if I had nothing better to do, i just jump in on some shit. And not because I was just grimy or anything like that. It's because, like, the school that I went to in, like, sixth grade and, like, seventh grade and eighth grade, there was always fights. And it's, if it involved somebody I knew, you know, I was I was in it. And it may not be... <laughs> and I wasn't, like, just knocking people out. It wasn't like that. But it, it's, real life is, you know, you jump in, you get a few knocks in, and then, you you know, somebody comes and you take off, and that's it. It's right. There, there was yeah. no fair ones around you. No, nah, man. It's very, very rare to have a fair one. Like... Vegas, everybody used to get jumped. Once upon a time, like it, there was never a fair fight. People got jumped often.
1: See, so I so in New York, being in New York, and I used to have fights and stuff like you said, late elementary. Well, pretty much since I was like in elementary school all the way through middle school, having fights. And when I came out here, showing my cousins Brandon and KP, but in New York, like people circle around you, and you can kind of square up. Because if too many people jumped in, then it was, like, gang shit, and people had older brothers, and people weren't getting shot back then, but people were getting stabbed. Like, you'd get stabbed, or someone got the fucking razor blade in their cheek, and, like, they blow it on you, try to give you fifty or something. So you really couldn't just walk around and jump people. And people had Tim's on and shit. Like, jumping people lead all to bad news. So, in New York, you can actually shoot a fair one. So you get, like, two minutes, blah, blah, blah. Even if your people's around, as long as you ain't getting your ass whooped. Like, you're getting asked if they break it up. That's it. So I came out here, and I remember the first time, it was my cousin KP, and he was tiny. He had, like, the Napoleon syndrome. So he had to be, like, 4'10 in, like, the 7th, 8th grade. So he was tiny, and he was always trying to fight. And uh, they were from Compton. So he's, like, trying to fight, and he was trying to fight this, like, white kid from band class who clearly had no business fighting. But the white kid had, like, a big-ass bassoon, like, in the in the case. And he squared up with the white kid. And the white kid hit him with the bassoon in the face. And KP had braces on and cut his whole mouth and shit. And then I remember just going, like, oh, that's crazy. And the white kid, like, just took off and ran. And I was like, all right, cool. And that was it. Picked him up from the ground. And he was so mad at me. He was like, yo, how you just let him bust my whole shit and not jump in? I was like... You squared up for the fair one. So we got back, my cousin Brandy, everybody else, was like, oh, you ain't jumping, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yo, y'all are wild out here. And that was the last time I didn't jump into a fight. After that, it was just on site. If one one-on-one square up, one, I never had to even pop off first because my cousin Brandy would just come with the with the Brandy Ingram, One hit quitter. He was he got left back once. He was like the opposite of my cousin KP. His his hands were like ginormous. He had like uh Anthony Rumble Johnson hands in the eighth grade. And he couldn't fight, but he had the mean one hit a quarter. So he just come out of nowhere and just ah snuff people. And then you know it was on. It was a rumble. But I remember the first time I didn't jump in and that was like I was like, yo, this is really how y'all give it up out here. From that day on, I was like, Fuck, I just got it. Whenever someone was throwing punches, it was on. Everybody throwing punches.
3: Yeah, so, it's it's a real rumble.
1: So you know if we are in some mayhem at one of these fights, and for any reason, it spills over into media row, and we gotta get busy. I got your back, no questions yeah. asked.
3: Yeah, see, you know, as I've gotten older, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, if shit happens, like, I'm too old to fight. But <laughs> you know, there there are those situations where you go, you know what, somebody gotta get knocked out. I mean, so do what you gotta do.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy the dynamics and the unwritten rules of fighting. Did LeBron break an unwritten rule by wrestling up Chris Paul and sneaking him away and kind of making sure he was okay in that fight? Did he leave his teammates hanging?
3: Man, look, this is a tough one, man. And this is one, listen, at the end of the day, I get paid more than all of you. And he was in my banana boat. So- <laughs> <laughs> but you're here for four
1: years. You can't be fraternizing with the enemy. Who gonna whoop me? <laughs> that's, that's my like that, that's I'm such a, OG old man logic yeah it's like look that's my
3: man's before I knew any of y'all when y'all was still you know pissing off yourselves in like sixth grade me and Chris have been boys so I'm gonna pull him out of the fight and if any of you got a problem with it see me because it's not like anybody's running up on LeBron so I don't have I have no problem no with one's what, punching Lebron no one's suffering on LeBron no nah, people are like oh you fight for your team fuck that like that's one of the things that i've learned like man the team only gets you so far because at a certain point you might hate them fools anyway you might hate them while you playing with them ask jimmy butler so it's like (laughs) so it's like it it, chris is my guy you know that that's that's my guy i'm gonna i'm not gonna fight him i'm gonna pull him out of the fray and be like chill because
1: see you can't you can't save him either though like you don't have to fight him you just then got to be a spectator. You got to be like Mello. Mello was chilling. The fight popped off. Melo didn't grab anyone. He didn't throw a punch. He was just looking like, oh, shit, it's going down. Wasn't Melo in the banana boat? That's how you act. You don't grab him and hug him up and then put your body in front of him like nobody touching my boy. Like, no. Rondo should have snuffed LeBron.
3: Like, uh, go ahead. We'll see where you're playing next
1: year. Yeah, like that. that would have been cut. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm
3: saying. Like, my point is, is that LeBron's in a position where if you want to play Peacekeepers, nobody say nothing. If, if that's his band, like, look, I, you know, like when I was in high school, we had, um, you know, it was like the Capitoli, like our little high school frats. And, you know, one of my best friends moved, was in the Sigma Beta Club. I didn't care what happened. Ain't nobody touching my man. <laughs> like in the family, I was like, "Nah, like y'all got to chill." Like, I know we did this little high school pledge, and we're supposed to be brothers, but that's my man. And like, he will be my man till I die. Y'all will not. Some of you I won't like tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm gonna protect my guy. And that's that's I'm loyal to people. I'm not loyal to teams. I'm not loyal to anything. I'm loyal to people who are loyal to me. So did betas like, fight
1: cappers ran- back then? Like, did y'all like Say what? Did like betas kind of like fight cappers and all that when y'all were in school? Like or like we had sigmas, betas and kappas, I think, when I was in school.
3: Yeah, see like like there was never there was always threats to fight. There wasn't really no fights happening. Oh. But when like it, we were all peaceful
1: with everybody when we were in school. All the groups yeah, got like, along and shit, you all stepped, you know, at the same shows, blah, blah, blah.
3: Yeah, it just but every once in a while somebody be like, Yo, you know, fuck them. You can't like I remember I dropped my boy off at, you know, I dropped Mook off at the Sigma Bait meeting. And they were like, hey, Dre, what's up? And it was like, twixing them. So I'm, I'm hanging out and I'm kicking it. And then someone in was like, oh, you you fraternizing with the enemy. I was like, man, nah, fuck off. Like, what y'all gonna do? <laughs> kick me out? Like, on top of that, I was like the step cat. I was like, what y'all gonna do? Kick me out? Like, go for it. Like, good luck. And it, it, that's that, that's my point. It's just, I'm Lord of people. And to this day, Mook, like, he's been in my, he, like, our families know each other. I mean, he's been through, with me through thick and thin. Like, I'm sure like LeBron and Chris Paul, they're probably going to be tight well after basketball is over. I can't say that LeBron and Ray Rondo are going to be homies. I'm sure Le- <laughs> Ray Rondo hated LeBron at one point in his life when LeBron was just juicing them all. So, like, I- I'm not loyal to a team like that. Like, I'll throw hands if my team's throwing hands with people that I don't know, but if that's somebody that I've known before, y'all, I'm going to be- play peacekeeper. I'm going to make sure nobody gets hurt. I'm not throwing hands. Unless it was like somebody else, like, I don't know. He might punch James Harden in the face. Okay,
1: that might make more sense. But Chris Paul? <laughs> like if Chris fighting, you just got to find someone else on the squad to fight.
3: Yeah. Just like, leave, I might, leave him to his own get devices.
1: Hurt.
3: <laughs> yeah. Ain't going to be me. That's all.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. You know what? That that makes sense. I, I flipped on that topic. LeBron, okay, he did not wrong. Plus, no one's going to punch him in the face like you said. Everybody else on That's that team is just, yeah, they, they know they know the pecking order. If you can't really punch the person in the face you're mad at, then you just got to eat that.
3: Yeah, and if, if he could just tell you, oh, pff, you're traded. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey, Luke, hey, go to Luke Walton. Hey, Luke, Rajon ain't playing with us no more. Sit him at the end of the bench.
1: And traded oh. somewhere, grimy, like to the Brooklyn Nets. They won't even trade you somewhere to contend. No, nah, I'd be like, yo
3: d like, <laughs> it's Like, get him out of here. Get him out of here. So, yeah, it's not, it ain't... I have no problem with Le, what LeBron did. None whatsoever.
1: Uh, the other thing in the news this week, on uh, a completely different aspect... I feel like our three topics this week are completely different, which are crazy. Uh, this one, I, I kind of... I was sick during it, and then I caught, like, the end of it, but it's the same old thing. Megan Kelly defends huh. blackface... When I saw this again today, I was like, oh, I gotta ask Trey about this shit. Is NBC They had no black people on this panel.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. I like, don't like it, it. was set up
1: for failure.
3: Like, the producer of that segment <laughs> should, should have been fired on the spot. Like, there's, because, you know, so, some of y'all that know how TV works, like, the producer's the one that ends up putting it all together and oversees everything. Whoever yeah. was the producer of that segment, and Megan Kelly and whoever else, all the other fuck boys over there was like, yo, talk about blackface. No, we're not. We're not doing that here. Like how does that I make just,
1: it out of the pre-production meeting?
3: That's what I'm saying. Like, and if it even if it happened organically, oh, I would have been Vince McMahon all in the earpiece. <laughs> Y'all, nope, chill. This is you don't go there. I don't care how you think you feel about it. If you're not black and if there is not a person of color on this panel, You cannot have this conversation about not being offended. Fuck off. So, no. But the the scarier thing is to find out how much Megyn Kelly was making. Oh, 69? Yes. Come on, man. Like, yo, white supremacy gets you paid in 2018. Ask and Listen, listen. For those people out there, like, controversy sells. And I'm not a sellout, but Jason Whitlock is a sellout. (laughs) <laughs> Ann Coulter is somebody who I believe, I truly believe goes home and was like, man, I don't believe half the shit I say, but these checks, these checks gonna keep me talking. I don't believe Ann Coulter believes. Like eight, 60% of what she says.
1: Do you believe Whitlock believes that dumb shit he says? I mean I you've do. also publicly called him Uncle Tom. I, I have. I do. <laughs> um, but but I know
3: like people be like, like Whitlock, I don't know, man. When you're black. I just feel like it's it's different. Like you don't to be black and have those conversations, and maybe you are, but it still makes you a sellout. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like ant culture, like like certain white people don't have loyalty to nothing because you know either they came up privileged or they've lived through white privilege. So it's like when they have the when they make money, they feel like they were entitled to it. Black people, on the other hand, we've never been entitled to anything except for the hood. That's yeah. the only thing we've ever been connected.
1: That's it. Y'all can't come to the hood. That's yeah, all we so- had.
3: So if we end up making it out of that situation, you know, we value it a lot different than white person who goes, like, Megan Kelly's sitting at home right now counting her checks going, oh, I'll just get another job. We lose, like, Jamel, he loses a job. I guarantee you she's sitting there going, man, fuck, what am I going to do next? Because there's no guarantees for us. So somebody like Jason Whitlock, I don't, I just believe this is who he is at this point. I believe he's just, I don't fuck that guy. But I I just really, truly believe that he's not turned up. And Colter, I absolutely believe that she says shit just to get a reaction. I don't I don't believe she believes that that's shit she's saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, this Megan Kelly chick seems to be in the same boat. Um I'm sure she'll just go to Fox News again. Right back yeah. right back home. Um with that being said, is it time like in a separate dynamic of the story, is it time in 2018 to have the conversation, can we separate blackface from makeup? Cuz I know me growing up like, being Spanish and growing up in, like, a Spanish household, we had, like, uh, an altar, which is just an altar. But it was always in the crib, right? So, you know how people have, like, uh, the linen closet? You put your washcloths and shit? Right. We didn't have that. We used that. We kept that shit in, like, the bathroom or under the cupboards or something like that. Because that closet in our homes, wherever we moved, was an altar. And it was just altar. And there's a ton of statues. Like, I wanted statues. tattered on my arm. Um, I got one of the crosses hanging tattered on my arm. All it like that was in that space and there's a bunch of candles and um like my family wasn't like Santaria like Spanish, but we we were like uh like Spiritu Santo, which is like damn near close, just without like some voodoo aspect type shit. So um we you know we lit candles for specific things, we prayed to um, you know, specific like guardian angels and saints and all this stuff. So, we had this big ass out for it. And in it, there are these dolls called muñecas. And they have, for what would be considered, blackface. And they're black with the red lips and blah, blah, blah. And they were just like a religious thing. And people dress up like these in Spanish cultures. I think, uh like, the Amara La Negra chick, or one of the chicks from, like, Love and Hip Hop Miami or some shit, when that was around caught flack for dressing up in blackface. And she was like, no, I'm just being one of these things. But in Puerto Rico and Dominican, all this shit, people actually dress up like that. It's just a part of the culture. It's like a, a spirit or one of the saints that are, are along with it. So I had like growing up a different perspective of blackface, because I always saw these little dolls when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it's a doll. Like, that's cute. Um, until I grew up and I was like, oh shit, people were parading themselves in blackface like doing jigs and shit. Like, oh, this is a a horrible part of American culture. So, like, to me, there's always been a separation, even though I know I'm like, yo, you're fucking bugging. Like, yeah, no, this is bad. But different cultures feel different ways. Is it time to, you know, start bridging that gap in America? Because I I watched Tropic Thunder. Fucking Robert Downer Jr. was in blackface for all, all, you know, things considered. I thought that was hilarious. So is there a difference between blackface and makeup? Like blackface red lips and then someone putting brown, not black, brown makeup on themselves to portray Little Wayne at a fucking Halloween party. Like, is there a difference?
3: Yeah, there's a difference. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, like there's art and then there's mockery. And then, you know, in this sense, like somebody dressing up like Little Wayne, like the, the thing that's most offensive about blackface is it's never flattering. It's never somebody doesn't dress up as blackface and be like, oh, I'm Beyonce and I'm beautiful. It's always big lips, extreme features, extreme black features, but they made them more extreme. Monkey yeah. yeah, like super dark, crazy
1: big ass. Like you dress up as Nicki Minaj, you got the fake ass or something.
3: Yeah, and therein lies my problem with it. Well, like if it's for art, in the, in the, in the form of art, like and when I say art, like if it's Tropic Thunder for like human, like there was a there was a overlying message with this, and it wasn't mm-hmm. made to necessarily make fun of black people. That it was, it was actually emulating something that, you know, uh, method acting is yeah. what it was. That's different. But when people go to be, again, it's like, if you go to be, you know, if you put on this blackface and you were exaggerating your ass, like, you're making fun of us. And that's offensive. Like, if I went to, a, you know, a party in India and I put a red dot on my head and I was carrying around like a Slurpee, like, people would be <laughs> hit. Yeah. That's I'm insult. making fun of your culture. Like that's not that's not cute. That's not that's not hot. Like you gotta chill with that. So that's my issue with blackface is, is blackface is never done as a form of flattery. It's done as a form of insult and mockery. And when you mock my culture, you should get punched in the face. So it's like for anybody who says it's not offensive, you should get punched in the face. Cause like you can't like White people say things like, oh, well, you mock us all the time, but you're like the dominant species. So it's not really there's nothing we could necessarily do that you'd be like, oh, man, you're really making fun of us. That really hurt my feelings. Whereas with us, we've always been considered ugly because we're darker skinned or our Mm. hair is not good because it's nappy. And when you take upon those features and you make fun of them, that's mockery and that's blackface. And at the end of the day, you should get
1: snuffed out. It's extremely difficult to go whiteface, by the way. So if a white person's like, oh, you mock us all the time. Do you know how hard it is to go white face? Man. My yeah. my friend is, like, really red in the face. And, like, it, it's, it's weird. He doesn't tan at all. He worked at, a, like, a pool growing up. Um, and he was a lifeguard. So he got real red, like, super rosy to the point where you think, like, this shit can't be good for him in the long run. And uh, I tried to be him for Halloween once. It, it didn't work. Like, I, I can't go white face. It's just not even a possibility on my skin tone really. And I was just trying to go red face. Like I wasn't even like and he's not Native American. Like he's just a white guy who's super red. And I was trying to get that uh that effect going. It really doesn't work. So I feel like we can't even play that like both sides of the fence thing. Like, oh we can do blackface. You guys do white face. It do not bother us. Like yeah, no, that shit's really not that possible. No. And so now I understand where you come from. But yeah, you, you verbalized it pretty well. Like okay if it's a mockery of a culture. Like that makes sense to me. So, like, me being Spanish, like, it wasn't mocking blackface. It was a part of a religion and endeared, endearing. Right. So there was no mockery behind it. People do that in a Spanish island. You're not mocking blackface. You're you're bigging up something that is part of your culture and part of your history. So people don't take offense to it, which is the difference with this. So it makes sense. Um, the last thing to touch on before we get to combat sports, and this is real quick... And I'm just doing this because, one, it was one of the funniest BSO headlines I've ever seen. And, two, I know you got a story that I got to pull out of you for this. Khloe Kardashian finally dumps uh, Tristan Thompson, right? This is what everyone's saying. Whatevs. So, the BSO headline was hilarious because it was like, she finally dumps him after cheating on her for the 15th time. In a thought-tourage threesome. Right? When it had the picture of the other two chairs. This shit's incredible. I was like, so much detail in such small characters. So, while I'm looking at this, I was like, yo, 15 times. And I'm thinking, this guy has no friends. At what point, Dre, do you have to stop in and tell your homeboy, you're living a little too reckless, you gotta stop cheating. Have you ever been to that point? Because if I was Tristan's friend, I gotta pull him to the side and be like, yo. This shit is all fun and games, but you really got to stop cheating, bro. Like, this shit's just not even funny anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been there. I've, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you just have
1: to pull someone over like, yo, you know what? This wild life ain't for you. It's time to be yeah, a family you know, man.
3: I mean, you try to help as much as you can. It's it's like, um, I've, there are, like, when people have certain things coming to them, there's only so much you can do, right? You can warn them. Like, true story. And this is part of getting jumped, but not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't there for this. A friend of mine in high school who will remain nameless, but anybody who went to my high school knows this story very well. A friend of mine went to high school. He was talking to this dude's girl. Now, mm. dude was 6'3", 240 pounds. He was like a diet-sized Zion Williamson. Uh, my friend was just kind of tall, but he wasn't a tough guy. So we're, after school one day, he was on the bus talking to the dude's girl. And he kept telling me, he was like, I'm going to bagger." I'm like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, it's, it's just not a good idea. And he's like, watch, watch. And you, you know, you have friends do that. Watch, watch, watch me do this. Watch. I'm like, All right. And I'm like, look, man. So my other boy comes over in, and I'm like, look, he's over there trying to holler at the old boy's girl. And he's like, man, what do we do? Should we tell him? I was like, I already told him. So I'm going to tell him again, and then I'm going to give a disclaimer. Whatever happens next is now on you because dude is from the west side, dude love to fight, (laughs) and you don't. And that puts us in a position where it's like we have to fight because of you, but we're warning you. And I know a lot of people will say, man, you should fight no matter what. Listen, I do – but sometimes it's like all right you're going to like i'm going to warn you again because not only like i know my limits anybody who knows me i'm not a i'm not a big dude in high school i was like a buck 40 i was tiny so i was like yo this is not a fight we can win
1: <laughs> uh, i get just see you run around a fight like leo rush <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm like, so like, if it has to come to that, because it doesn't become one of those things where it just ends right there, it will carry throughout the rest of the school year. You need to stop. He didn't stop, right? Mm. So the next day I come to school, me and my boy come to school. The dude that was talking to old girl is laying in another girl's lap with baby powder on his face. What happened? Like I get, I'm I'm here and I'm like, yo, what happened? Bell rang because I'm always like I used to be, always be late for school. <laughs> Bell rang. Everybody's going to class. Not my boy. He's laid up in some girl's lap. And dude, I see he was like, any of you punk ass niggas want some, y'all can come get it. Dog. And I'm like, so I, I walk, <laughs> so I walk in, like because we had double doors. So I walk in. I see it from a distance, and I went with my boy, and he's like, no, and I'm like, yep. So I walk up, and I was like, what happened? And you know, he was like, Drake, Drake. One of his boys was like, Drake, look, this ain't got nothing to do with you. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> and it, and he's like, he found out he was talking about his girl. He was, he was, he was dirty macking, blah, blah, blah. He came to school and he told everybody, this ain't got nothing to do with y'all, but I'm about to smack the shit out of him. He put, he put, he just walked up to him, put lotion and baby powder, lotion and baby, listen, man, lotion and baby powder, a mix of lotion and baby powder so when he slapped him, the cloud of dust was something that everybody could see. <laughs> and he smacked him. And, and open he, hand smacked him? Open hand smacked oh, him. Oh,
1: that's so dirty.
3: And so I was like, and you know, and, I, and it's funny to me now because I'm like, yo, I told Because I'm like, he's not fighting him. He's like, no. I was like, man, I told him. And he was like, listen, man, this ain't no beef with nobody, but your boy had it coming. And that's what I'm talking about. When those kind of situations come up, you can only tell somebody so much until it's on them. Because you got to learn, man, like ain't, ain't nobody going to be here to rescue you when you are homeless because your girl kicked you out. That's so, real. So it's like, listen, <laughs> it's man, like, I'm, not, I'm not taking those L's. So somebody had to tell Tristan, like, yo, man, like they make more money than you. They you don't. They don't need you. You need them. But you keep playing these games, so your punk ass going to be out the league next year. You can't sleep on my couch. So, yeah. <laughs> I've told people this a lot of times. Like, you got to chill. And Tristan Thompson didn't chill. So whatever happens to him happens. I, I don't just don't understand. Like, how far do you go, especially with TMZ following you and everything else? You He's just be a- brave.
1: Like, he got caught motorboating chicks a year ago. Like, sooner or later, it's just time to be like, yo, you know what? Either I'm not done with my whole phase, And I got to bounce on you. We got the kid. It's not like she takes child support. She makes more than you. So you just got to be like, cool, we got the kid. I'm out. Or you got to say, you know what? Uh, You caught me in all my whole shit. Cool. We had a little separation. We're back and we're married and I'm actually only going to be with you. And this Hollywood, like, honestly, I, I hear stories about the music industry and Hollywood shit and sports stuff. There's women out there who be like, yo, you can honestly cheat one or... Like, not even cheat. Like, yo, you really got to smash that IG model? Go and do it. Make sure nobody knows. Hit her off with some paper. And then that's it. Don't embarrass me. That was like the T.I. Tiny shit. Yeah. It was just like, yo, you really got cool. Like, either we doing that together and nobody going to know. Or we going to pay her some paper. You going to hit that. And you just gonna It's once you come back home... We act like this shit never happened. We good money. Like, he's just brash with
3: it. Yeah, no, nah, he he deserved that. Like, again, man, I can only rescue you for so long. And, Some people and,
1: love the excitement of cheating or dirty macking and trying to steal someone else's girl.
3: And then they, you just have... If you Then you also yeah, have guys who just are truly delusional and they'll be like, she's never going to get fed up. She's going to take me back. And that's another hands-off situation. It's like, <laughs> I'm not in your house. I'm not in your relationship. Go for it. Because the worst thing you can do... It's talk trash about somebody and they girl, and they end up going back with them the next week. So, yeah. they, so you just kind of step back. And, and at that point, if Tristan Thompson is just like, yo, man, she going to take me back. OK. And that's about Those it. Those are
1: always the dudes, though, that end up crying listening to Usher songs. Like, oh, yeah. it always ends badly. It's like when people try to be gangsters and try to be Tony Montana. It's only going to end one way. This is the same thing. It's like, yo, all this cheating and shit seems real cool. It seems cute now. All the all thoughts out there in the world aren't going to be there for you. They all going to bounce on you. They're going to find the next baller who's doing better, who's making more money, and you're going to be sitting here crying, trying to get her back. And don't be crying to me. That's like, you, you caught crazy. the fair warning. I know many men like that, where it's like, yo, you, you got to pull them me. Like, yo, you know what? You're getting kind of lawless with this. And they always try to push the boundaries. It's like, yo, like, you, you really got to do this in public? Like, oh, you, now it's four girls? Like, what are you doing? Like, it, it's always bad. So I figured I'd ask you about that. And you did that uh, article about Royce and, like, his uh, wild days when yeah. he was drinking and shit. And it just sparked my memory. I was like, yo, what if anyone ever told Royce, like, you know what, Royce? You're kind of wilding the fuck out right now. And then he ends up on media takeout. Exactly.
3: (laughs) Tried to save you, but hey. That's it.
1: Like, some people just need a friend, not a yes man. To be like, you know what? You've cheated enough, sir. Bring that shit home. Uh, Tristan doesn't have that person. So he's a rat. Let's get into combat sports. Now that all the the buffoonery is out of the way. Um, And we got to really reel this back in. Because this is a somber moment. A somber conversation. Uh... We're kicking off with the WWE this week, and we rarely kick off with pro wrestling right out of these topics. But to me, the biggest story of the week is a a real-life story, and that's Roman Reigns opening up Monday Night Raw and honestly shocking the world, vacating the Universal Championship and saying that his leukemia is back and uh, he has to take time away to fight it again. To my knowledge, not many people knew he had leukemia already. When right. he was twenty two. So it was a shock, not that he's saying like I even have leukemia, it's that I have it again, which um people who have been, you know, cancer stricken or have had cancer in their family, uh have gone through that, you know, you know, I'm sorry for all of you guys and going through that I'm going through that right now. I go to Atlanta a lot to visit my godfather and he has a stage four cancer, lung cancer. So, um I understand the journey and all that shit is rough. And, you know, beating it once is a milestone. That shit is celebrated. The second time is a doozy. Like, when you see people say the second time. It's like, fuck. That shit comes back. Usually it's more aggressive. Like, I went to nursing school for quite some time. I know know what the second time means. That shit is scary. So uh, watching that, it really brings everything into perspective man. and that was a sad moment man it was cool to see the wrestling world rally around him all promotions all wrestlers. it didn't matter who you were what's your take on roman reigns um there was a couple of assholes out there that wanted to try to make it about themselves and say funny shit that wasn't the time uh, everyone else though seemed to rally around him and it was a crazy moment to start the week
3: yeah. And, you know, again, it's, it's like you said, nobody really saw this coming, man. There's a cold, you know, he comes out to a cold open on Raw and, and just kind of levels people, tells people his real name is Joe. And then that's kind of when you knew something was going to happen. Um, But, yeah, it's one of those things, man. Like, listen, we've had we've talked about Roman Reigns, but I've always said that the booking does him no favors. It's not that man's fault. So people that boo him or cheer him or whatever the case may be, we all appreciate Anybody that goes out there and puts their body on the line 300 days out of the year to be away from their family to entertain us as as fans.
1: And he's been a good wrestler. We never knocked his wrestling. His matches oh. and everything have been good.
3: Yeah, you know, it's a booking thing. It's like, you know, he's not a bad actor. He's just sometimes in a shitty role. Mm-hmm. But when something like this happens and somebody's livelihood is at stake, it changes the, everything. Because not only has this man been entertaining you, but he's been living with some, something... And this has kind of been his escape. It has provided him financial benefits. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, my article just went up today because I talked to Daniel Jacobs about cancer, but a bunch of other shit because I got tired of talking to him about cancer. But uh, it's, you know, leukemia or cancer or lupus or some of these diseases, the people that live with them, they don't just wreak havoc on your body, they wreak havoc on your family. And you have to, you know, worry about somebody like Roman because he has a young daughter who he's had, he has a commercial with that everybody's saying that's adorable. And th- that's a scary time. He's got to go home and take care of himself. There's, there are no guarantees that he'll be back. No. And, you know, and it sucks. It, it really, it, it, it sucks because it's not something that he did to deserve this. It's something that he ended up with and he's going to live with. Hopefully he lives with it for a long time and is able to manage it. Manage it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just a horrible moment in pro wrestling. And this is when you have to separate, you know, uh, entertainment from reality. This man's life is on the line, so hopefully he gets well, man. Because, you know, I don't want to
1: see the opposite end of that. I, I don't. I can't take it. I can't take a RAW yeah. memorial show.
3: Yeah, we we don't need that, man. And and hopefully hopefully it all works out. But it, you know, and and that's the, like I said, it, the thing is, is that the, the havoc it, he may be fine right now, but a lot of people are affected, and not just Roman Reigns, um, and a lot of people that he loves in the doors you know, uh, rely on him. So hopefully this all, you know, goes into remission and he does all right. But it, it, just, it really sucks to have that happen.
1: It really does. Uh, I feel bad for that family. It, it seems like a family stricken with tragedy. Um, If you guys know, his brother passed away young. Yeah. Um, after a, a nice little WWE career, they, they've they had, like, Uncle pa- Yokozuna passed away, I think, too. Like, people are just... That, that family's been through some things, so that... That really sucks. And, man, it was just a somber moment, man. It, it brings everything in perspective. Um, and I think they did right by him. I, I liked his choice of coming out and saying it and the reasoning behind it. Um, bringing awareness to it. Like, you know what? Even a guy who they marketed as Superman, right? He's a right. Superman punch. He has a, He says, no, like, I'm, I'm human. And I go through this, too. And I'm going to fight it. So it, it, it's great to see that. The Connor Keir stuff really hits home with it. it It was an amazing moment in Raw. Sad as hell, but an amazing moment. Um, The other end of this would be the ending of Raw. That opened the show. The closing of Raw was pretty much the teased, much-teased breakup of the Shield And Dean Ambrose turning on Seth Rollins after winning the tag team titles. Was it the right moment to turn on?
3: Oh, man, no, and and here's why it's a no.
1: And I'm I'm just gonna let you know off rip. I'm on the opposite side of that. I thought it was the exact right moment.
3: Here's but here's why. The the turn like I, I'm going to go out on a limb and full disclaimer. I haven't talked to my boy Kaz. And I haven't asked him, so I have no insight on this whatsoever. But. uh The way that it was handled, I figured that they've asked Roman at the time, whenever they found out this was happening, they probably had this conversation with Roman and Dean and Seth. And Roman probably said, yes, in in the spirit of the business, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And Dean and Seth probably were maybe reluctant. It was like, all right, fine. Because who knows? They probably weren't going to pull the trigger that night until this happened. Yeah. My issue with it, though, is the commentary – that was behind it all. Because when you, when you, when you are doing an entertainment show, and, and I get sometimes you have to blur the lines, and that's when you get your most value, when people know what's scripted and what's real. But when you start talking about people's lives and how real a very real situation is, and, you, and when they started the tag match with, uh, with, uh, with, with Dolph and uh, Drew, they talked about Roman being sick and doing it for their brother. When you start playing off of those emotions, and then you do a heel turn to kind of get a jolt out of fans, it feels dirty. It doesn't feel right anymore because you're you're prepping the audience to have a heartfelt moment, especially because they won the tag titles on top of this. Yeah. So you built this entire moment around Roman being sick, so it felt very cheap with the payoff. Like and I, and I know like people are gonna say oh man I mean it's a good turn you probably on that side as well mm-hmm. I just feel like when you have commentary that talks about real life stuff and you refer to him as Joe and you refer to a, you know hope he gets well soon that when you start blurring that around and you play with people's emotions because there are a lot of people who really take this stuff seriously like we take it we're just like okay wrestling oh, people but, were
1: crying like bawling in the arena
3: and and, and that's when you like you go from A very real situation because Roman Reigns, this became national news. This wasn't just wrestling news. This was news. And then it becomes a joke again because people who are detractors from wrestling will go, oh, is it even real? It feels like a gimmick. And that's not what you want your business to ultimately be by playing off of people's emotions with life and death situations. That's like if Owen Hart took an L and you turn the Hart family on each other the next day. It's, it's, yeah, that's. that's it's, nice. it's, it's a little, you got to be a little bit more sensitive to how these things are handled and how people are going to react to it, because it felt cheap. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done the Ambrose heel turn, because I've been one of the main proponents saying that
1: he should have been a heel. Yeah, and it wasn't a cold turn, which is one of my reasons for it was okay. They've teased it for quite some time. They didn't well, just go, oh, he's sick, let's do this out of the blue.
3: But like my concern like my other concern though is I wonder if they were waffling back and forth of whether to turn Dean Hill because a lot of t- it was so project the heel turn was so projected I was like they can't do this anytime soon. It's, too, <laughs> yeah. it's way too obvious. And then they just pulled the trigger on it. so I'm not sure you know if it was already planned or if they were gonna drag this thing out a little bit further or have a surprise like some kind of Seth turn heel again or something like that. but to do it the way that they did it, I, I just I understand why they did it but preying on people's emotions like that, it, it, it leaves a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths.
1: I, I feel like it was okay. One, because, yes, the, all those emotions weren't in it. And they did play up the, you know, Roman Sick, we're doing this for him. You win the titles and it was a huge pop for them winning and embracing. And it felt like, okay, this is the payoff of, of the night. But I, I think wrestling in general is based off the unpredictability of it. And that's a turn no one saw coming. And as long as the people in the back understand the booking of it, I think it's okay. Like, as long as Roman, like you said, as long as Roman says, yes, it's about the business. I'm coming back to this business. I give my life for this business. We have to do what's best for business. It's not just a random Triple H slogan. And I think by doing so, you set up an honest-to-God, really good feud for two people who, honestly, were, were just booked all around Roman Reigns. And he's like, yo, I gotta go. What am I gonna do with my boys? And they're like, well, we can do this. And this shit is going, like, people have been waiting for Ambrose to go heel for a long time that is probably as much heat as the guy's going to get. Because everyone's always liked Ambrose. So you're like, when you turn him a heel, is he really going to be a heel? That's as much heat as the guy can get. So if you didn't pull the trigger then, then it's like, did you miss out on the opportunity?
3: Two questions. One, we know cancer can come in, like, a friend of mine's mother passed from cancer. They found out she had cancer. She didn't last, like, two months. She was gone.
1: Yes. That's
3: shitty. If Roman died the next day, how would you feel about that heel turn?
1: Ah, uh, that's... I wouldn't... I wouldn't think of the heel turn. I think about Roman dying.
3: But I'm just saying, like... Because death is... Like, listen. We, we haven't really touched on this yet, but they're going on with a show in a country that explicitly murdered a journalist, right? They have no scruples. That is actually the talk.
1: next thing to talk about. Yeah,
3: there's zero right. fucking scruples. So, it's... But... but when you look at like, because now I'm thinking about the people, because I'm curious, what's the promo for next week with Dean's heel turn? Fuck. Like,
1: yeah. But I mean, like, you got to mention Roman.
3: Yeah. And, it's, and it, it just doesn't feel right. Because if something were to happen to Roman, because, you know, we can't really put a timeline on how long somebody lives with cancer. The doctors can tell you it's possible. And you know this. I know this. I've, I've dealt with people like it, it can it can it can accelerate out of nowhere yeah so if if something happened the next day everybody would feel shitty about their heel turn
1: yeah you got you gotta i mean you can't walk back
3: again well you can't walk back listen they blew up vince mcmahon and turned that shit right back around he was back on tv the next
1: week are you gonna have dean and seth hug it out the next week and just say i'm sorry no but
3: or like you have to figure like I give the WWE credit. It, this is one thing. I know people say I'm hard on them, but I always give them credit because it's very hard to write, write weekly television when really unpredictable shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like this happening in the Roman, the, they have. To, I mean, they basically had to take almost six months to a year worth of, worth of booking and just tear it up because they have no idea where he's coming back. So they got to start all over again. Oh, whole
1: that, mania plans are gone.
3: Yeah. So that being said, they're kind of used to doing this. Like Finn Balor getting hurt, like Seth Rollins getting hurt. They've had to tear up plans before. You can do it now. Like, the, the Ambrose heel turn, if you, if you were going to do it, you could have done it at Crown Crown, Royal, Crown Jewel. I'm going to call it Crown Royal. Cause Crown Royal. To be in a purple bag and get you drunk. Like, it, a, but you could have done it there. Like, doing it that night, it, it was one of those nights, like, the Eddie Guerrero tribute when Chris Benoit murdered his family. It was like, you don't really have the same kind of show anymore. And it's fine. Like, you can have just fun wrestling matches and pay tribute to Roman like the Usos did on SmackDown. You can do all that. Man, but that carry, was great. Like, yeah. To carry the gravity of that element into a heel turn at the end, not knowing what Roman's future is going to be, just kind of felt
1: like... But you're not going to know his future for so long, so you can't keep them both but, face until Roman comes back. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, do it the same night. Like, to do it the same night.
3: Because... Let's, I mean, let's be real. Whenever we find out news about somebody, it hits us very hard that day. Like yeah. if, Mike, if, like when Whitney Houston passed, right? People felt a certain kind of way, but then like a week later, you it wasn't the same. So yeah, it's like you found think, out she OD'd, and you be like, oh, well, she really did have a problem.
1: Blah, but blah, and, you blah. know, in
3: the but in the end, like in the moment, it hit everybody very hard. Correct. Outside of the moment, then you can kind of work around it because there are people that are less attached to that situation. So turning Dean heel could have waited a week.
1: Does but it have it the same could've? impact?
3: What do what, what you – like, that's, that's the question. What is your goal and at what cost? To get him as much heat as possible, to
1: make him a heel. You could – I
3: mean, you could turn – like, they could win the tag team titles. Next week, you could turn them heel. Like, listen, man. The desired impact is not necessarily just the heel turn. It's what you do with the heel turn after it. Correct. So this, the Dean Ambrose heel turn can end up being really shitty. And then we'll all be wondering, was it worth it?
1: Then it's so, not worth it. Like, not at all.
3: So it's like you really don't know. Like, the, the element of the heel turn, like, you know, we all talk about the, the barbershop window kick and all that stuff. Like, there are important heel turns, but it, it's what happens after the heel turn that makes us remember. Because Big Show has turned heel a billion times. And nobody remembers any of them. Yeah,
1: but Shawn Michaels turned heel and it launched his career, so it's very like memorable compared to other ones.
3: Yeah, it's very memorable, but it's like it it depends on how you book that character after that. And I just, I just, I get why they did it. It just, I, you know, something happened to Roman. I, I I wouldn't feel the same about it. I I can see a bunch of fans like they couldn't continue that heel turn. Like Dean wouldn't stay heel if Roman died tomorrow.
1: No, no, Dean would break character. I mean, he'd break kayfabe. A mat, automatically like
3: yeah so so that that's my issue with it is just preying on people's emotions and using that emotion to fuel a heel turn three hours after the announcement is, I, is problematic I, I,
1: I feel, yeah i mean i i feel like roman i i would hope like you said roman signed off on it the minutes was like all right cool we're gonna pull the trigger off and add to be a real discussion you can't do that show without asking roman like you or dean or seth like, these guys are just crying, you know? Like, you you have to make sure everyone's okay with it. But I, I think as far as a heel turn is concerned, that's maximum heat. As much heat as the guy is going to get. So I, I we'll understand see. the decision. Um, uh, let's talk about the Crown Royal uh, Crown pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> <I got you. laughs> um, should people boycott it? I mean, the shit's going through. We found that out today. Should it be boycotted?
3: Uh <sighs> Okay.
1: Are you gonna boycott it? Fuck if it no. Be. Uh, l- listen, either. I'm gonna watch
3: it. <laughs> for, for me, for me, Poor it's just person. like a Kanye album. It's part of my job now, yeah. so I, I kind of have to. Like, I have to. We have the live blog. However, I will say this: Let's not act like we didn't know who the WWE were before this shit. Mm-hmm. Let's not act like the Vince wasn't funding Trump. Let's not act like Linda is not part of Trump's cabinet. Let's <laughs> not act like. All these things that the, that the McMahons have, well, that Vince and the McMahon family has done and the WWE has done over the years, let's not act like none of that shit didn't happen until this crown jewel moment. It's all so about have, the
1: money. It's always if, been all about the money.
3: If you haven't boycotted the WWE by now, I'm not necessarily sure that this is exactly the turning point where you'd be like, man, they've gone too far. They've gone too far a lot. So I get it. If you don't watch it, it's like, like, I'm mad. like I, I totally get it. Like, it's disgusting. But what did you expect? I, I fully expected him to have this. Pro, unless Donald Trump was the one that was just like, Vince, don't do it. That was the only way this show wasn't going to happen.
1: The only I thought you would have to truthfully prove that the prince who set up this event, who sits front row, is the one who murdered this man with his own hands. That's the only awesome. way I thought it would be canceled. And I'm not saying I mean, the guy did it. He damn near could have. Like, <laughs> on the real. Like, it's very possible. But you would have to prove that without a doubt for Vince to say, you know what? We're not going.
3: Yeah, it, it, there's a lot. So it's like, you know, if John Cena isn't involved and Daniel Bryan, like,
1: I put it on the talent. You can't remove it's, them now, right? Like, you can't scrap seat, I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles.
3: Daniel Bryan said he's not going from certain reports. Like, there's been Daniel Bryan said he's not going. So it's like, that's that's where it becomes real sketchy. It's like... As a company, I, I expect the WWE to do what they always do. But when talent starts pulling out, then I'm curious how far they go with this. Because only certain guys can do that. Like John Cena could be like, Vince, I'm not doing it. And then Vince be like, oh, well, okay. Like Daniel Bryan, he's kind of too big for you to be like, oh, I'm going to penalize you. Like if Titus O'Neil was like, I ain't going, he'd be like, you're fired.
1: Well, Sammy Zayn the first time said he wasn't, and he went on vacation. And they said, yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> Those religious beliefs, like the, this, is about murdering a journalist and yeah. then being like, bah, we did it." <laughs> like that's what so, the Saudi government did. Yeah, yeah, we did it. But and John Cena also has a Hollywood career to think about, so he ain't like he's like, dog, I'm not going to this yeah, shit. Yeah, he's
1: probably like, "Yo, I do kids movies, my man."
3: Yeah, like I, I'm good. So it's it's a uh, it's a touchy thing, but I'm not boycotting the WWE. I I like the WWE, even yeah. though I shit on it a lot. I like it, and and I know I the watch- people
1: running it are horrible fucking people.
3: Yeah, and you know, but it's one, of, it's one of those things, like, like I'll use BET as an example. I worked at BET, it's a horrible fucking place, but there were good people there. And there were people that worked there that I became friends with, like Sharon Carpenter, for instance, and, and when I see them, I hope they succeed. When I saw them on BET, I hope they succeeded. And I didn't want them to fail. But as a company, fuck them. So it's like, WWE. it's like, I see guys like Samoa Joe, who I'm a fan of, and I'm not going to stop watching him. I want him to get paid. Now, granted, I understand the company's still going to get paid, but they're going to get paid with or without me. The Saudi government is putting a lot of money.
1: Yeah. And I don't even no know. One, no one has it. to watch this, and they're going to get money on yeah. money on money. So,
3: but it's, it's just one of those things like uh, if you're really surprised, and I got to question what you're doing and how much you know about pro wrestling. Well, not pro wrestling, the WWE. Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, this is, like you said, this might not be top five most offensive things that they've done.
2: They've uh, been pretty offensive, yeah. Uh,
1: their counterbalance to the Crown Jewel event, is WWE Evolution, all women's pay-per-view, which is growing on me. Uh, I still don't like Ronda main eventing over Charlotte. If we're all being equal and they're both champions, I would say one is uh, more deserving than the other. But even with that, I kind of like the build of the Rousey match. So I'm I'm not mad at that. I just don't know how it's going to play off as the main event of this card. Uh let's go through some of the matches real quick though. Um Sasha Banks, Bailey and Natalia versus the Riot squad. I expect Sasha to win because she just took the L Ruby Riot. Yeah. Um which I love Ruby Riot even more now. Like they're still not giving her a push, but sooner or later they have to. I mean
3: uh, you know, like I said it before, like this pay-per-view, I, again, something I'm going to watch, but I just take issue with it. Like like you said, the Ronda-Nikki thing is the main event. I get it from a TMZ standpoint, but Sasha, Ruby, Bailey, those women worked really hard to get the company where it is. And to watch, I'm not going to say Ronda can't wrestle,
1: but she's still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And Nikki could never wrestle. I don't care what anybody says. To watch two women who weren't the building blocks of the evolution main event, your first pay per view hurts. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it again, it's one of
3: those situations where you go, well, man, like I did all this work and they're going to make a man. Like Sasha and Charlotte, the hell in the cell. Like, Charlotte and Becky, like everything that, that the women's evolution was truly built around those women. Four I don't care. What women.
1: That's what it was.
3: Yeah, like, I don't care what Nikki Bella says. I don't care what any of them say. Like, Natalia was like the, the, the fairy godmother that that, that <laughs> movie. But it's like it was built around those women. And those women are not not one of them are main eventing. And Charlotte and Becky should absolutely be the main event, even though they're totally miscast as heels and babyfaces in this feud.
1: I actually like heel but, Becky Lynch, though. Not that they cast her correctly. I just like her personality more as a heel. She's funny. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but like Charlotte sucks as a babyface and I keep she saying always that. She always
1: does. I mean, but Charlotte sucks as a babyface. Sasha sucks as a babyface. Bailey has no other choice.
3: Yeah, like a baby a Bailey heel turn in like all black would be interesting, but we're not there yet. So going back to this whole match, I think these girls these, these women are going to work hard. Um but Sasha probably should pick up the win because I mean, she needs to push. It just sucks cuz everybody on Raw, you're just food for Ronda Rousey.
1: Yeah, now Sasha has to just get Enough momentum to go to SmackDown and contend and whatever well, the Superstar shakeup is.
3: is. We, we got a we got a close to a year. Well, we got like mm, six, six months. Seven months old yeah. For WrestleMania. We're halfway there. Yeah. Sasha's going to lose the Ronda at some
1: point. Yeah. It's happening. Uh, Book it. Fuck, yeah. Um, we have the Women's Battle Royal. It's your favorite match of the night, Disgusting. I'm sure. I don't uh, mean, like, the on, winner man. gets a title match. Asuka has so- to win, right?
3: No, she doesn't, but oh, she should. Vince hates us.
1: <laughs> I mean,
3: look, man, you look at that battle royal and that, that segment that they had on SmackDown, I was going to throw up. It was just, it's so comical. It, it was almost like the gimmick battle royal with yeah. like the chicken and like Sar- in the iron. It was just, it's bad. And you watch, and you look at Asuka and you watch how hard it, that she's worked. Another one who has been at the forefront, Ember Moon, they're at a battle royal. Yeah. Wow, Alexa Bliss is in a marquee match. What, the, what is going on? I, crazy. I can't like, peg it.
1: Like Vince loves Alexa Bliss for some reason.
3: Like, well, you know why, because she's blonde. But he loves blondes. Um, but it's like, I prepare the food, and then somebody else is eating off my plate. <laughs> and that's exactly what those women have done. They prepared the meal, and now the time is coming. I know they're happy, like, oh, yeah, evolution. Like, Oscar won the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, I won the Royal Rumble. But no, Vince is still going to go back to his go-to's.
1: Yep, and he's going to job you out to Carmella.
3: Yeah, like, dog, Oscar just lost to Carmella twice and looked like a fool for Carmella to be the six-minute dance girl. Which is fun, by the way. I do like Carmella and r I bad. think it's hilarious.
1: And but I actually As- like Oscar Asuka- and uh, Feel the Glow, Naomi. Yeah. I like their pairing. is actually pretty funny when she's lighthearted. Um, but if you don't have a women's tag team division, I don't care about that shit either. Yeah, like, what are we doing here? Like, you paired what all is- these women up to not have a tag division. It's dumb. That's ridiculous. And then Trish Stratus and Leader versus Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Another women's tag team. Why have these tag teams if you're not going to have belts? Because uh,
3: they don't have women. In, they, they haven't done enough between women in both companies. Like, it feels like the, the I feel like the, the,
1: the belts can waver between them, though.
3: Right? That's like, what, it would make sense if they did that, but they're not. So, here so we you are. Um, you know, I kind of feel like Trish and Leader are going to put them over, and I really hope not.
1: No. I mean, Mickey James not. doesn't need it. Alexa really doesn't need it.
3: They don't. You're right. They absolutely don't. But Trish and
1: leader gotta win this. Like, Oscar's you know, my pick for the battle royal. By the way, even though Emma Moon would be a good pick.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be. Uh, it's not gonna be anybody on Raw unless it's a heel. And the only heel on Raw that hasn't had that, that opportunity that that could make sense if she was pushed right would be Tamina, because she she's she could be a, a casualty of war to Ronda Rousey, yeah. and be built up in a monster heel role. So Tamina might win this. But I'm going to say Oscar wins. But even if Oscar wins, I can't see her winning and then just losing the title opportunity because they're not taking the title off of Becky or Charlotte anytime soon. No, but
1: maybe so actually, a triple threat. I don't
3: know. No, nah, I'm, I'm going to say Tamina. I'm, I'm F it. I'm going to go ahead and say – because I can't see them doing Ember Moon and Ronda. I can't see them doing anybody really on SmackDown against – like Charlotte and Becky just doesn't feel over, even though it sh- maybe should be. So I'm gonna say Tamina because they need to because there is nobody in line to face Ronda Rousey after this.
1: Oh, that's a fair point, and it's all booked around Ronda. Um, all right, Stratus and Lido or Bliss and Mickey James.
3: The, the more I think about it, yeah, yeah. Stratus. I mean, you can't really do much with Alexa anyway. So yeah, I guess Stratus and Lido win that feel good women's moment.
1: And then Whatever. we have uh, Eo Shirai versus Tony Storm. Uh, May Young Classic Tournament Finals is gonna be the match oh, of the night. Like these semi matches were incredible. Tony Storm was crying in the ring after her match, and I felt that shit. Like it was a sprint to the end of her semifinal match. I, I was I was hype. Like it got my adrenaline going watching the end of her semifinal match. Um this is a tough one, but I'm gonna say Tony Storm wins. Underdog pulls it out.
3: Here's why Sure, I should win. Let's be clear. But the issue is, another Asian, and I can't see Vince sitting gorilla,
1: going, Vince gotta right, get his fine. ass up from gorilla. Like, for this match, Vince, you gotta go get a soda, my man. Let Trish, well, let I mean, Regal, it, let them sit their ass down and get busy.
3: But it feels like Storm, even though she's from the UK and could end up on UK NXT or whatever, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. it feels like they need to, they, like, because if you, it, it was Shayna, it's been Shayna Baszler, Amber Moon, like, it's been a lot of minorities <laughs> as a women's champion. Oh, yeah. And. Almost and exclusively, Vince, right? Somebody's going to be like. Bailey Vince was Mexican. Gonna, yeah, yeah, somebody's going to have a piece of paper and hand it to Vince, and Vince is going to be
2: like, what the fuck? That hasn't
3: been a white champion
1: since Charlotte?
2: Yeah.
3: So, they're, he's going to look at it, and he's going to be like, Storm, she should win. So that's why I think Storm is going to end up winning, even though she shouldn't win, and it should go the other way. But I don't think it will.
1: Yeah, I mean, Shirai has the, the more immediate future in NXT. She'll be fine.
3: I mean, Car- Kari Sane lost to Shayna Baszler, and she's champion now. Yeah. So you can survive losing, but I just think that if Vince is told, like, here's the list of NXT women's champions, she's going to be like, oh, shit, no.
1: <laughs> Which one looks most American? Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then we have Kari Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Um, Shenanigans. Kari Sane wins by DQ. Shayna Baszler and the four horsewomen come out and stomp her ass
3: out. So here's what makes this this interesting. Because if you say that is happening in this match, do they show up for the Ronda Rousey match?
1: Oh, shit. Does Ronda turn heel? No. She doesn't turn heel. They're heels. I mean, I've been seeing them. They're road that, shit. That, they're heels. That is,
3: that is the issue. That is the exact. That's the issue. Ronda's a super babyface. Yo, is,
1: mm, I don't know. Survivor Series is around the corner.
3: Yeah, but this, it's like this
1: smells like a Bella and two other women versus the four horsewomen.
3: Well, well, the issue is you can't. I can't see them turning Ronda heel. The, the work that they've done for Nikki, like clearly Nikki's been the heel, so it's hard to turn a heel against a heel. Yeah, in a match like that,
1: like a double turn, yeah.
3: But no if the four women show up, like I just can't see Rhonda, Shane, like, and they don't intermingle at some point. But you um, have
1: to. And if Shada loses, she has nothing left in NXT.
3: No, she really doesn't. So you
1: have to move the crew up, even though the other two necessarily aren't ready. But you got to move the crew up and start a program.
3: It'll be interesting. Maybe It'll they be like, interesting. try to
1: influence Rhonda to go bad. Maybe they just like linger around the ring as muscle and then disappear and give Ronda the win, like on the distraction type shit.
3: So that's why I kind of feel like Shayna is going to win this match to get the title back.
1: Because um, she ain't got nothing else to do?
3: Yeah, she really doesn't have nothing else to do. And with Ronda as a babyface, unless you were to go to SmackDown, there's really no place for Raw <sighs> on Raw that doesn't feel odd. But then
1: who does so, Shayna feud with on NXT? No babyface um, are getting a push. Immediately she's facing Tony Storm, if that's the case. Storm is going to the UK. She's the babyface to uh, Rhea Ripley, who won but, the belt.
3: But the winner's still going to get a title shot. So that could be your first quick feud, and then you ship her ass off to the UK. But that, yeah. that's kind of how you can go with it. Yeah.
1: Shirai versus Shirai... Sane is probably like a dream match, which they probably go with. Um... Well,
3: well, well Shirai, Shirai could be out for vengeance. For kind of, like, there's a lot of ways you can go. I just feel like Shane should probably get the title back, because I'm not ready to see her go to the main roster. And I say that a lot, and I'm usually wrong. So, but I'm still going to say <laughs> Sane basically.
1: Um, and then we have Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, last woman standing match. Charlotte wins the belt.
3: No, nah, man, I hope not. I it's hope a major pay-per-view. People. Charlotte
1: wins yeah. the belt. Yeah. She doesn't but lose she's not, major pay-per-views.
3: It's not, it's not the main event. They're going to go home happy with Ronda round winning. So I think Becky is going to, I hope uh-huh. she retains. Because I feel like there's so much more value. I've always said there's so much more value as the heel as the champion. But I think there's a lot of value in Becky as the champion. Because she's just kind of deserved it. And she is like she deserves to go over on Charlotte and move on to another feud. Like if Charlotte wins the title back, I really don't know who she feuds with.
1: No, there's no female heels on SmackDown, aren't
3: there? So this might hit. not be Yo,
1: no, yeah, I think, it, I, think I think they keep running it, but I, I think Charlotte wins it because it's a major pay per view, and it's the first all women's pay per view. And Charlotte's not going to win the title on it. Like it's, I know what you like. like Any time there's a first, Charlotte's winning. Yeah,
3: well, I, if it was the main event, I'd say Charlotte's winning, but I, I, I just hope they keep that title on Becky. And then we so have three uh, booking:
1: Rousey versus Nikki Bella. No,
3: I mean, come
1: on. No, Rousey wins. Doing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much a given. All right, MMA. Um, we have trades, Dre. Trades are allowed. Do you understand? This is some crazy shit I would have mentioned like six months ago. You would have laughed at me. Yeah. It's a trade. Ben Askren for Mighty Mouse, straight up. This, by the way, if UFC 4 video game allows trades, it's lit. Because I'm trading everybody. Uh, and, and doing like I do in Madden and MLB The Show and doing everything that pisses you off. I'm trading everybody from every promotion.
2: Yeah, and getting well, all that's... the
1: hot prospects. Um, but nonetheless, Mighty Mouse asking, is it a fair trade? Fuck it being allowed. Yes. Should you get more for Mighty Mouse? I feel like Mighty Mouse deserves more than Asgert. You need to get Mighty fan. Mouse and the chick who's like at Adam weight, the, the, the Asian yeah. chick.
3: Yeah, but see, they're not going to do that. If you're Dana White, there's no value. Like, Look, man. So, I at UFC 229, I was, ended up, I was eating lunch, and Dominic Cruz sat at my table. And it was just me and him. Everybody else had left. And I didn't feel like bothering him because he was doing his research. So then Dominic was just like... He just introduced himself. And I was like, I know who you are, motherfucker. Like, I know you. He's <laughs> he like, no, I've seen you around. And, you know, I just wanted. So we started talking. And we just had, started having a conversation. And I was asking him about, you know, doing recon for fights, blah, blah, blah. So Dominic's like, at a certain point, we end up talking. I was like, when are you going? I was like, when are you getting back in the case? And he's like, I don't know. I've been lobbying for Dillashaw, but they won't give it to me. They are hell bent on giving this fight to Cejudo. And he's like, and it tells me only one thing, that they're getting rid of the flyweight division. And I was like, you're joking, right? And he was like, I'm not. Because he was like, think about it. The division without DJ as champion is really nothing. And if you're going to have Cejudo not defend that title, and you're going to have, like, he was like, make sense out of this to me. I'm the person who beat Dillashaw last. Why wouldn't I get the title shot? Who is more deserving than me to get the title shot? He was like, I'm, he was like, I'm not saying that because I'm selfish. I'm saying it because Dillashaw Cejudo doesn't sell shit. And he's absolutely right. Because yeah. so Cejudo and Dillashaw does nothing. So maybe there is some truth to the flyweight division being shuttered. Maybe he wasn't blowing smoke.
1: Do they shut it down if Mighty Mouse is still champion?
3: No, because you have the, one of the greatest fighters of all time as a champion. But once you have Cejudo who says, I can comfortably move up in weight. I mean, if Cejudo didn't fight Dillashaw, right? And and Sergio Pettis just lost. Nobody wants to see Cejudo versus like Formiga. They are really – like, there's no value in Mighty Mouse being there because he was never going to move up. So,
1: everyone has to move so now up it's or like, bounce.
3: Yeah. And if I'm Bellator, I'm like, give them all to me. Yeah. Okay. I'll take every last one of them. But for the UFC, it's like for Ben Askren, a guy who has talked trash about everybody in the UFC, yeah, yeah, we'll take him. Not like, the most it, it, exciting in-ring
1: style, but I – It mean, doesn't
3: have to be. But it's, 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 it's a guy who wins fights in a stacked division – who has been the champion, who's undefeated, undefeated. and coming to, the, coming to the UFC. where DJ, you can just ship him off. And Dana's not losing any sleep because he hasn't pushed Mighty Mouse the way he should have been in the first place. Does Mighty Mouse deserve better? Absolutely. But at this point, Dana hasn't cared for him then. He's going to get more bang for his buck now. It's like Amari Cooper sending his ass to Dallas. We have no use for him anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Damn shame. I feel like he, at least Amari went for a first rounder. DJ, we were asking if DJ was the best fighter of all time six months ago. Yeah,
3: look, I know it. I, I wouldn't do it. Me personally, I wouldn't do it because I value DJ. But I need Askren and a prospect.
1: Like, I need, I need something, a player to be named later. Something. That's just there's bad just, trade business.
3: But it, the, the question really is, like, there's, what do you have more value in right now if you're Dana White? Because DJ against who? If it ain't said, who You
1: gotta feed Askren to a big name right away, just on the he? chance he wins. Yeah, because you you brought him over to sell. Well, He's not gonna yeah, sell yeah. yet. You're right. You're right. You but 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 that's what I'm saying. But the question is Feen like, there's, there's I'm Ryu giving it Askren. GSP. I'd be like, yo, GSP, you ready? Like, do you yeah, want to like, fight?
3: But but that makes like all these things for Askren. He's got opportunities. If DJ is not gone, who is he fighting in the UFC?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's not exactly. going to take a number one contender's fight, a fucking flyweight. That's disrespectful. Oh, he deserves an immediate rematch, right? He lost yeah. a
3: narrow decision. But if they're not going that I think route, I had winning to... that fight. Exactly. But if he, if they're not going to do that, it's time to let him go. Very true. So he's gone.
1: Um, switch real quick to boxing. Pacquiao officially with PBC. Two yep. questions. Broner is Broner his first fight? Absolutely. If you had to book it today. You're good. You're cemented on that. All right. I've I've said this for how long that should be the fight? Is it happening in the States? You wanted that fight for years, by the
3: way. Listen, 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 listen. From what I've heard, January
1: 19th in (laughs) Vegas. Oh, you got your ears to the streets. Yeah. But then does that mean that we lose out on the, oh, which, you know, kind of putting this before the horse right here, Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia rumored to be in the works. Pay-per-view. I don't want to lose out on that fight, but I feel like that might be in Brooklyn.
3: You're gonna get them both. No, no, but yeah, Spence and Garcia might end up in L.A. Um, I'll take L.A.
1: over Brooklyn. Like I really don't want to go back to New York for that.
3: Well, because Garcia's got a huge like. When I went to Garcia Easter, oh. man, that was that was all that place damn near sold out. Like that place was popping for for Mikey Garcia. So you can do Garcia and Spence in, in Staples. Um, See, I thought that's why they, they
1: make a good Vegas fight.
3: It, it, it does make a good Vegas fight. And, and they can. Like, if they really want to do an early spring, like early March, between Garcia and Spence, they can absolutely do that. But, yeah, you're getting Pacquiao and Broner because that's going to sell on January 19th, and it's going to be here in Vegas. Like, Al Heyman has paid Manny Pacquiao's de- tax debt. So, <laughs> Manny Pacquiao's fighting in the States.
1: Let's get it. Heyman with the with the pocketbook. This guy got the, the checks out and writing. Um, I don't mind that. Does that mean – and you said – Listen, January 19th, January 12th, there's five months still between that and May. Yes. May 5th. And May weather. You think we're getting May pack 2 There's no other there's reason, reason for this, right?
3: Um, yeah, There are. It really depends on how much. Like, first of all, it depends on how Pacquiao looks against Broner, which I think he'll watch him. But, you know, there's that. Um, and then, you know, if Floyd feel, like Floyd's really in the spot where if it makes the most sense, he'll do it. But if he feels like it's lukewarm, he's not going to do it. So... If Pacquiao fights Broner, and Pacquiao's senatorial duties allow him to train properly, he can fight somebody else. Like if he if he if if, if Manny Pacquiao sits back and goes, okay, I don't get Floyd Mayweather. Manny is a guy. who would be like, give me Sean Porter, and he would be like, he's nuts. But he, he is nuts. But he would. He would absolutely. You pay go. him
1: enough. You pay him the A side. He'll do it.
3: Yeah. So it's these. It could happen. Or or you give him. He could fight Ma- Mikey Garcia. Yeah, so, I, I mean, think he
1: fight Danny before Mikey. I
3: mean, there's Danny's coming plethora, off losses.
1: I thought, you know, I think maybe you'll think that's a little easier.
3: There's there's a plethora of opportunities for Manny Pacquiao, so you know it's it's uh, it's wide open. But the Mayweather thing is something that with Hayman, obviously they're going to try to jip everybody out of their money again for that fight because there's no way again
1: if, if yeah. Pacquiao washes Broner, it's all good again. Skip's gonna be talking the yeah. shoulders heels, everything else. Mayweather's rusty, come out of retire loose.
3: It'll be disgusting. And we get that's... urban
1: loitering back, baby. It's been so long, Drake.
3: It just won't be the same, because I'm not gonna look forward to that fight, but I'll be there because I have to be. But nobody's looking at the fight like this is gonna be competitive, no, except I, for like just, Skip Baylor.
1: I'm there for the shenanigans. That's what yeah. we're there for. I remember back here, Yeah look at Mayweather versus uh versus connor was a dialed down version of it
3: well yeah because the tickets were too expensive yeah like, i would like it to be something that's affordable but mayweather fighting will never be affordable ever again it's an attraction so it is what it is
1: um and then we have oh errol spence mikey garcia if it happens we'll talk about this more if it's actually booked uh you like to fight for both guys or is mikey kind of stepping up too I, far I, I've said
3: a billion times. I do not like... I get why Mikey's doing it because like, I sat down and had an hour-long conversation with Mikey and he just told me, he was like, I'm tired of being the favorite. I want to be in a fight where you think I'm going to lose. So I get it. It's fucking nuts. Errol Spence is damn near a middleweight. This is going to be rough. And if Mikey pulls it off, it's, it's, like, it's like... It's in a way, it's uh, what Pacquiao did to De La Hoya because everybody said De La Hoya was too big for Pacquiao. I picked Pacquiao for that fight because I thought he was too fast. Mikey's not fast. Mikey's just really good. But if he were to win, it'd be huge. Oh but yeah. I don't think he's gonna win. I don't think he's gonna win. And Arrow's just kinda looking at it like that fight gets me paid. So there's that. Might
1: as well. Um Jacobs fights this weekend on the zone. No. No, no,
3: no. HBO. 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 Yep. One of
1: the last HBO fights. Uh looking forward to the fight. I, I anytime Jacob fights to me, it's a good fight. He's a good guy. Um, yeah. like and I hope, you know, he joins the crew over there at the zone and, like, everything points out towards, and we start getting these these huge marquee fights for him. Because the Triple G fight was close enough where you look at it and you be like, mm, can he really give guys like Canelo, like, uh, shit, even if he doesn't go over right away, whatever it may be, to Charlo's, like, he gives all these guys fits.
3: Yes. Danny Jacobs is uh, and I've said it before, like he's just sitting outside of the top ten for power, power fighters in the world. I don't know why he doesn't get the credit. Like, I thought, personally, I thought his fight against Golovkin's was better than Canelo's first fight against Golovkin. It was closer, I thought, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought Jacobs did a better job. Um better than the second it,
1: fight, to be honest.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, yes. And I picked because I, I had Golovkin winning both fights against Canelo. Even though I loved how Canelo fought the second fight, I thought it was it shocked everybody. But I thought Jacobs did a hell and I a hell of a job against Cano in the first fight, especially when 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 I mean I, Golovkin when Golovkin was considered the boogeyman.
1: I think the so, drop was the only thing that separated them in my book.
3: Yeah, it was. And um, Jacobs fights Derevchenko, who they shared a trainer, and Andre Rosier. But now you know they have the split. Derevchenko's pretty damn good, but uh, Jacobs he's just a good guy, man. He's got a great story. I got a story. Part one is on Sporting News today. Part two will be up tomorrow, where we talk about his life. He's, he's just a really good dude a man who beat cancer and i know that's part of the story but there's so much more to danny jacobs than that he's a fucking hell of a fighter
1: great fighter um yeah he he came back and hit the ground running and can't wait to see what he does this weekend and going forward Uh, i love everything we're seeing from boxing i'm excited boxing's energetic again like three years ago we seemed like yo is boxing dying is it dead now and we're like wait for it it's building it's building i feel like it's here now Yep. So it, it feels great, um, man. That's our show for today. It went quick. It happens to be like an hour and thirty minutes, but it felt like it went quick. Thanks you guys for listening. Follow us on social media at the corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Until next week, you guys watch all this good combat sports. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you then. We're out. Peace.